Hello and welcome to the Comedy Community Podcast. The podcast is supported by the RWE Fund and recorded at Tate Community Music and Film. Thank you to all those people around the world who have downloaded the podcast so far. This is our third episode. Our guest is ITV Wales, presenter Rob Shelley. Can you please introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Rob Shelley. I do very stupid things on television for ITV in Wales. And it's nice to, to know somebody new. Oh, thank you ever so much, Debbie. That's great stuff. And I'm uh, Debbie, Debbie Nomas, and I'm a member of the production team. Brilliant. And this is Sheila. Can you explain a bit about your job? Um, <sighs> what it, you do? I'm a television reporter, which means that at five past six last night, I had a small piece of plastic in my ear with my colleagues from Cardiff shouting at me to tell me when to start speaking and to give me time counts when to stop speaking because I was live outside court. I don't know pretty much what I'm going to do from one day till the next. Uh, And it's one of those jobs that you sort of make up as you go along because the news is always driven by stuff, by everyone else. So you can never predict quite what you're going to be doing in the length of a day. So uh, horribly sad court case inquest I was following yesterday. Today I'm off to a rainforest, sadly enough not in Brazil but near Blinefistinia because I get all the glamour jobs. Um, And basically I spend my working life getting cold, tired, hungry, wet, wearing unsuitable footwear um, and enjoying myself thoroughly, most of the time anyway. And what made you get into this line of work? Is there anybody you know that's been in this kind of work yourself? Now my... my, um, my grandmother was paid one pound and ten shillings for talking about rambling on the BBC Home Service in 1949. No, um, um, I come from a forces family. I come from a services background and my intention was always to be a war poet. I was going to be a very brave army officer. That didn't work out quite the way I intended it to be. And somehow I drifted into television. I was very lucky because most people want to be in television and determined to get there from the start. I never really thought about it much, so um, I ended up doing the polar opposite of what I expected to do, really. It's nice to know that you do, you like doing television. I, I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Although I have to say, I've got a slight confession to make here. I worked very briefly in radio, and of all the medium of writing, broadcasting, working in television, working in radio. Radio does the best pictures. Radio is the most fun because, bizarrely, you don't need that much to really connect you with people. They will actually, if you've got something interesting to say and it's on radio, people will listen in a way that they don't necessarily on television because sometimes the pictures act as distractions. How did you get started in what you do? Um, I was very lucky. I, um, like I said, I worked briefly in radio, bizarrely, down the road uh, at a radio station that used to be called Marsha Coast. And um, I worked alongside the old HTV, uh, as it was then. And I got to know the the head of news, a wonderful bloke called John G. Williams, who basically said, um, 
did you see the job that was advertised and ended last Friday? And I said, yeah, and I thought it ended last Friday. He said, I'd apply for it if I were you. So I did, and I got the job, uh, and I've done a little bit of everything. I've presented, I've reported, I've produced bulletins, I've worked on some of our feature programmes. Um, it's a, a great excuse for a living. And, you know, I started with what was the old HTV, um, just before the millennium, no less. So I've been in television technically for two millennia, but I'm only 43. How long have you been doing it? Far, far too long. I, I started in television, I can even remember the date. Um, the 17th of May, 1999, I drove down to Cardiff in a car that probably didn't have more than a hundred miles worth of life left in it so it virtually sort of ground to a halt and collapsed in front of the gate at the old Culverhouse Cross Studios and um, yeah within about a month I very nervously done my first piece to camera in a place called Columbus Close Barry where about five people in ten houses had suddenly become pregnant for different reasons, I hasten to add. Um, and then a few months after that, they let me start to present the mad things. And it's just gone on since then, um, basically coping with the day-to-day -day battle of what on earth do we do now to fill half an hour's worth of bulletin? Do you get calls to places, you know, when you need, you know, like if you, like these places for people being flooded out. If you've been called to interview the people in the houses that have been flooded. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, and actually, I mean, obviously, um, we have the context of what's happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we were in Bumaris when they decided to reopen the road and it, it, it felt like a whole weight was lifting from the town because they weren't cut off anywhere. The one thing that really, really strikes me, though, was actually not the, the, the recent floods, which have been so bad to so many people in the Conway Valley especially, but three years ago now it was, in the coast in Hrill, when they predicted those incredibly high tides. And we were sort of thinking, well, where on earth is it going to happen? And we'd seen a few places where the floods had started to break through and come over the railway line by Muston docks and things like that. And then, as happens so often in my job, complete accident, we're driving back through Hrill. It was about half past two in the afternoon. And we suddenly see lots of blue lights. And then you suddenly see an inshore lifeboat zipping past. And you realise, my gosh, the story's here. And you completely by accident literally have to stop the car because what's the middle of a town has suddenly turned into a lake and those are the moments that we started the day at just after nine we ended it at midnight and the day seemed to last about two and a half minutes it just the time goes so quickly because you're rushing from one thing to another you've got so many different deadlines to hit at six o'clock our main bulletin you're sort of thinking about where we should be live because we were in our satellite truck. Um, and of course, one of the problems is when you have bad weather, when you have things like floods, normally they come with high winds as well. Now, if you're going to be live, the satellite truck has, by its nature, a very big satellite, which means that if it's windy, it wants to blow off. It becomes the world's most expensive frisbee. They hear, sometimes you just, and then 
when you from the, the you heard them as they said the poetry's for loss of sound or something due to the wind. Uh, well, I think that that call has to come from my colleagues in Cardiff because they're that's, monitoring the output. Them. I've heard them say that. Yes, it happens. It does happen. Sometimes the, the signal just goes. Oh, some of you got your wires like some stupid person, like a lobby goes over it. Ah, uh, well, uh, we we normally we've we've got something that my cameraman. Uh, will put on the back of a camera yeah. and it's called a gigawave which works they're like the sort of little radio beams so yeah. it means that if you're outside you don't need to use wires on the ground and trip the public over which is never a good thing we gone. try not to you know we, we we do aim to keep everyone alive at the end of one of our broadcasts what what do you like that's about your job it's gonna sound corny ah oh, actually there's a wonderful wonderful thing that the the late and very talented Bob Monkhouse did at a speech to celebrate his 40 years in, in show business when he said, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that matters most is sincerity. Sincerity. Once you can fake that, you can fake anything. It's going to sound like one of those moments. Actually, it's the people I get to meet. It's an utter privilege. Yesterday was an utter privilege seeing that the dignity of people who'd sat through an inquest um, discussing the matter of a few minutes in which their daughter died. I saw and that. Just in, to, I, saw that so I, I must have seen you on the news last night. That's a, a privilege too. Um, it's No, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. But you, you, you see so many extremes from absolute joy to absolute sorrow. Yeah, your hair was being blown all over the place, I think. It must be hard to work outside if it's windy. It's well. Keeping your hair. Do you know? I've got a little confession to make here, and hopefully no one could tell. But last night, when I was actually doing my my live outside Carnarvon, and of course we're hearing instructions through our earpiece from Cardiff, just to give me timings and things like that. My colleagues from Granada were going to use the same sat truck immediately afterwards, and so I was getting the feed from Granada as well as the feed from our studios in Cardiff and try having a conversation with people when you've got two people saying exactly different things at exactly the same volume level, exactly the same distance away from you. It's quite difficult, but then they do pay me to do these sort of things. Is there anything you don't like about your, your job? Oh, God. Ah, do you know what? I'm a complete scaredy cat. I'm afraid of dogs. I got bitten quite badly by a dog. So every time, it's quite funny, we were filming in um, in Rithin, and it was a lovely lady who actually houses troubled rescue dogs. Uh, it wasn't the reason why we were filming, but she had a very small house, and I sort of walk up to the door and I hear this this rampant wall of barking, basically. And I'm like petrified, absolutely complete stone. It's, can you move the dogs, please? Can you make sure they don't come at me? And this lovely lady moved all the dogs back. And then we went to film in the front room and there's a little glass tank there. And it's open. And she looked horrified and she said, that's my son's tarantula. It must have got out again. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with spiders. It's just dogs. So dogs, not good. Although, you know, they're lovely, but it's just not for me, cat person. Um... It's one of the, the 
the bad aspects of the job are sometimes when you feel really dissatisfied that you've had an issue to explain and you haven't been able to tell people about it in the way you'd really like to because we might work I might work in commercial television you know you don't have to pay for us directly through a license fee you might have to through advertising but you know um but we're still public service broadcasters we're still there to serve the public especially in Wales we've got our own government we've got so many of our own issues and it's so important to be able to explain that to people well. Sometimes you just feel a bit dissatisfied that with some issues, you haven't been able to tell people the way you'd really like to tell the story, you know? And uh, does anybody else help you with your job, or do you just do it on your own? Uh, well, I, I, I have been known to have a camera in the boot of my car, which I do right now, and I, I'm praying it's still there. Um, no, I will have, from time to time, well, quite often, a cameraman, and my lovely colleagues down in Cardiff, who uh, are used to me asking for various bizarre bits of picture here and there, I, I will order up pictures we of the Brazilian rainforest. Ah, uh, no, do you know, sadly, she did. Um, 20, maybe 25 years ago, a television crew used to arrive, and there were four of them. There was a spark, an electrician, a sound man, a cameraman, and a reporter, and quite often a PA who would manage the lunch budget. But now it's just me and a cameraman, and the cameraman does sound. This is what happened. The accountant's got to television. And it's nice that you can do it on your own. It's Do you know, that there's there's a great advantage in doing that sometimes, because one, one of the joys is I never thought, because I, I never actually ever wanted to touch a camera in my life. It was kind of, it used to be the great forbidden thing. You either chose one side of being on the camera or the other. But actually, there's a joy in framing a really good picture. What we call, you know what you call a still picture when you take it with a digital camera yeah. on your phone yes. or something like that? That's what we call a cutaway. And basically, they're the, the building blocks of a television piece. They're the, the pictures that help motor a package along. And there's a joy in framing a good cutaway. Is there what, any changes you've seen in your time, what you've been doing? You just said time? it, don't you? Well, yeah, in many ways, well picked up, Shida. Um, you know, it, it's, it is actually the fact that, not just that, that television means that we've all had to adapt to various skills, but also that great voracious beast known as the interweb. Um, when I started, there was a website of sorts, well, now it's amazing to see people won't necessarily sit down and watch their news on the big telly at six o'clock or half past six at night. They'll watch it through uh, a telephone, their, uh, their mobile phone screen, so they'll watch it or on a two-inch screen or an iPad. Uh, they'll, or on the laptop. On the laptop, or they'll watch the it on the internet. And, and the thing is, as well, now, when you go and buy a telly, Chances are it's an internet telly. So instead of the old idea, when you you know you picked up your TV times and your radio times, and what was on that night was it, you had four channels to choose from. Now you've got 300, 400 channels to choose from, and you don't even need to watch that night's programmes because you can go back a fortnight, you can go forward a fortnight. You oh, can... you've got ITV We've Plus. got ITV Plus One, which is a great virtue because it means my mum can watch me on telly. Um, and, and there are so many different ways 
of watching traditional telly. Now, and that's changed so much. And plus you can record things. Yeah, I, do you know, I, I need to borrow an eight-year-old to teach me how to set my TiVo. I've never ever heard of a TV. Ah, uh, that's 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 my hard disk recorder, which is lying, gathering dust in the corner of a room. And what cha- changes have you done? I like to think, possibly, I've brought a little bit of enthusiasm and made people smile. And I hope that's the only thing I've possibly changed within the format. It's a great privilege to work in television. Um, everyone talks about the analogy of, of, you know, the idea of the swan gliding across the lake looking serene, paddling like hell under the water. And that's that's the most commonly, it's almost a television cliche that hopefully the stresses are there, but you shouldn't notice them on the surface. So I, I hope I've actually, instead of changing many things, it's been a privilege to be a part of a continuity. I'm very proud to work for the old HTV because it was started by so many creative and talented people. And, um, yeah, it's been a joy to to have heard about that heritage and to have um, seen the very, very big footsteps they left. Have you got any new products uh, lined up for events? I'd better not tell you, just in case. It's the, the, the forthcoming section. So I, I, I'm, I'm sort of sworn partly to secrecy on that one. But I will be doing stupid things in the forest today. That much I can tell you. I'll be getting very wet and very muddy and very cold and having a cameraman shout at me. Hope you don't get too muddy. (laughs) And hope you don't get too wet. Well, you never know. uh, Debbie, Sheena, I I have a feeling that ship has sailed. I have a feeling I will be visiting the dry cleaners with this suit in the not-too-distant future. Thanks very much for coming. Oh, thank you ever so much, Debbie Sheena. It's a pleasure to be interrogated by you. And it's nice to meet you. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can contact the team by emailing info at takemusicandfilm.co.uk. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Dear Favour.